0: Something I wanted to add on to what you said about being sexy in the gym, uh, (laughs) so, (laughs) you know, we, we, like you said, you, we want to do these movements that like are quote unquote sexy.
1: So just adding that in before is, is huge, but it's not super sexy. Like everybody always wants to see like, oh, how, how can I bench press more weight? How can I run a faster mile time? How can I do all these like sexy topics? But the biggest key is like staying injury free. Before we hop into today's episode, we want to say thank you for tuning in and listening to what we have to say. Over the last three years, since we started this brand, we've set out on our mission to help people through the workouts that we create, through the supplements that we provide, and keeping people feeling confident in their workout apparel.
0: If you'd like to support our brand, you can go ahead to fitgrind.com. Formula.com and check out our supplements and grab a new gym outfit to feel good and confident in.
1: That's right. So, with all that said, I'm going to say thank you and let's hop into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about why runners need to lift. So, we're going to go through how we're structuring our strength training in this half marathon prep and explain to you the benefits of lifting, even if you are still training for an endurance specific race or you are predominantly a runner. We're going to talk about how strength training is going to help you improve as a runner and just overall improve your body composition and and just overall improve your health.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think this is a awesome topic because not a lot of runners weight train. And I think once they do discover weight training, it's like a big game changer for them. Yeah, for sure. So just to start off, let's chat a little bit about how lifting weights can help prevent injury. I think that's a big one.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's, it's a huge aspect where I think a lot of times you'll see with runners and this can go into like programming too, of like making sure you're not increasing mileage too much. And there's lots of aspects that can injure you in any aspect of fitness, unfortunately, but if you're strength training in your program and you're mixing lifting and running together, it is going to help improve overall muscle strength, it's going to help you build some muscle mass. It's going to help strengthen the joints around the ankles, the knees, the hips. And long-term, that is going to help with reducing the risk of injury or running into those little nagging injuries that kind of happen. And it's a huge piece of, of training like a hybrid athlete is, is blending both of those together and having the equal balance of, of both to where you might run a little bit more, you might lift a little bit more, but you're always still doing both in your program.
0: Yeah. And preventing that injury, you're going to run into some muscle imbalances. So when you find those muscle imbalances and you're able to correct those muscle imbalances by incorporating the strength training, I think you start to see some progress in your form and overall just power and muscular endurance when you're running. So
1: yeah, that's a good point. That's when you're strength training, you're going to be incorporating upper body and lower body exercises in your program, but you're also going to be incorporating unilateral movements. So that's a good point that, that when you're doing, say, for example, you're doing like a lunge or you're doing a Bulgarian split squat or a single leg RDL or any sort of single leg, especially the lower body exercises. You might notice that, Hey, I have this leg that's stronger or this leg. I am doing a lunge and my heel pops up. Or on this squat, when I'm doing a squat this side, my knee caves in. And when you find those little deficiencies, if you can strengthen it and correct that that deficiency or that imbalance, I think that's kind of exactly what you're talking about. That's your specialty yeah. too, is finding for those sure. little like little imbalances because eventually down the road that's going to lead to injury. Say for example, you have a weak right glute, and especially that glute medius, and say when you when you do your squats or you do a lunge, you have valgus where your knee caves in doing a strength movement. You're going to be able to see that. Whereas at running, you might not necessarily notice it, but if you're running and you're running one mile, two miles, three miles, 10 miles, 20, 30, 40, 50 miles. And every step you take, there's just a little valgus and that knee caves in, you're putting yourself at risk for injury down the road somewhere. So yeah. that is a really good point that you're going to find those little imbalances, deficiencies, right versus left, not just lower body, but also upper body too. And that gives you the opportunity to go in and correct those and kind of be proactive about your injury prevention with strength training.
0: Yeah, for sure. And those, those, uh, like you were saying, there's like that, if you have that knee that caves in and, and you have that weak outer glute. So, and you're not aware of that because when you're running, you're not looking in the mirror. You can't see yeah. yourself run necessarily unless you have a videographer that follows you around. Which, <laughs> let me know if you have one. Most people don't. Yeah, I'd like one. Yeah, <laughs> we were just talking about that. We were. So, um, you know, you're not going to be able to see that or necessarily feel that because you're, you don't really feel that because your your body compensates with that. So. Let's say that that weak glute is forcing you to maybe use more of like an adductor or something to um, keep, keep the knee stabilized and keep the legs, you know, going. And you start to run into an injury after that because you're overusing other muscles because you have one muscle that's not activating. Yeah,
1: we're just not running the way you normally would because there's a weak muscle or there's a stiff muscle. That's another thing, too that you can run into. Maybe you have mobility issues right versus left that you're gonna, you're going to exploit those mobility issues when you do strength training exercises. Yes. You might not exploit those mobility issues when you're running because even if you're pretty stiff, you can, you can still run. It's a pretty, um, I don't know, it's, it's not an easy movement, but as far as natural. like, yeah, it's a natural movement. It's not like you have to have extreme mobility to, to run. But versus when you're doing strength training, say you're doing a squat or you're doing a deadlift or you're doing a lunge or any of these big compound lower body movements, you do need a certain amount of mobility to get to a good mechanically sound position.
0: There's much more detail that goes. Into yes. That. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and so that's where you can start to see those really differences, right? Versus left is one side weaker, is one side stronger? Are they even or over time okay. say that maybe right now, I'm not stronger or weaker on one leg, but over time, maybe you develop an imbalance. And I think that's a very proactive way that you can try to avoid injuries down the road because that's the name of the game with, with fitness, not just running or lifting or whatever aspect of fitness that you love. The name of the game is to do this consistently for a long time, not just because we can make progress that way, because that's the key to making progress is being consistently, in the gym or doing your runs or whatever aspect of fitness you like not just one week but it's months and months and years and years and really have that compound effect but if you are proactive with it you're going to be able to set yourself up for success and just enjoy fitness for for years to come versus if you're battling injuries that's not fun that's that's definitely a huge huge downer on the program and obviously that impacts impacts progress as well
0: yeah so with that you know we're preventing injury. Um, we we've talked about structuring a strength training plan that goes into detail so that we do prevent injury as well. Um, now I think like you said, incorporating in mobility is going to also help with preventing injury alongside with our strength training. So keeping a structured mobility plan in routine like we have this specific routine that we go through before we jump into a run like we never jump into a run cold because again that is just gonna cause all sorts of problems you know even though we may have addressed that we have a muscle imbalance we still have to jump into warming that area up specifically before going into a run. So if you know that there's a specific area that is going to bother you, or maybe you have to activate that area, maybe you have weak glutes, you wanna activate your glutes. Um, if you don't do that before jumping into a run, I think that there's also that possibility of, of injury even more.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's, yeah, you always need to run through some sort of warm up, even if you're going for a run, even if it's a slow, easy run. Always maybe do a little light jog first, get your heart rate up a little bit, do a good thorough dynamic warm up. And if you've exploited some areas that you're tight or you're weak, you need to activate certain muscle groups. So typically people are going to be, if they're going to be weak in their legs, it's going to be like their hips that are going to be weak. Say maybe you need to do some dynamic movements like clamshells or um, hip cars or stuff like that, things to get your hips firing, get them ready to work so that you're not constantly having that knee cave in. That's a huge place where you can really incorporate that into your warm up, and not only improve your performance on the run, but also just make sure the right muscle groups are firing, but that all circles back to, you're not going to find that out unless you're strength training with it too. So yeah, it's full circle. The, the combination of both of those are super important from an injury prevention standpoint.
0: Yeah. I just posted a video running through my specific running like dynamic warm up and cool down. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and ours are probably look different if not a little bit similarities here and there, but I think, you know, as I described too in my video, I'm like, this is what I'm doing because this is what areas that I know that er irritate me, but also I need to focus on specifically before jumping into my run.
1: Yeah. I think that's one area that so many people lack. They just start or even strength training too. So we're talking about strength training today. If you add a di- a thorough dynamic warm up into your workout, you're going to see better improvement and performance. You're going to make better strength gains. You're going to avoid injury. The same thing is true for strength training and running. So just adding that in before is, is huge, but it's not super sexy. Like everybody always wants to see like, Oh, how, how can I, bench press more weight? How can I run a faster mile time? How can I do all these like sexy topics? But (laughs) the biggest key is like staying injury free. If you can Mm -hmm. prevent injury and you can just stay in the gym consistently because you're thoroughly going through a warm up, overloading accordingly to not doing too much at once, or you're adding too much weight each time you lift or too much mileage every time you run. That's the key to, to really making progress. So The things that aren't super sexy, like a good warm up, are things that are going to make a huge difference in your program. Yeah. Both strength training and running, they they both apply there.
0: Yeah, you're right. We're we're talking about strength training. I got off
1: topic. That's okay. I just got
0: done running, so my brain is like. (laughs) You're on the running running. (laughs) mode. This (laughs) is
1: this is a half marathon prep. So. Yeah. But I mean, that is that is what we're all about is is blending both of those two together. They really do complement each other. Mm -hmm. It's the perfect. Well, actually they don't, they don't complement each other in the aspect of they improve each other, mm-hmm. but it's a good compliment to your overall program where yeah. if you're strength training, you're going to be able to build muscle. You're going to be able to build strength. And we'll kind of talk about that next mm-hmm. on specifically how that's going to help you as a runner. And then if you're running or even if it's not running, if it's biking, swimming, whatever type of cardiovascular exercise you're going to do, you're going to improve that cardiovascular energy system. And it's just the perfect combination in a program. So.
0: Yeah. Um, something I wanted to add on to what you said about being sexy in the gym. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> you know, we, we, like you said, you we want to do these movements that like are quote unquote sexy, but something that I always tell my clients is we have to take one step backwards before we can take two steps forward. Yeah. So I love that analogy because we may be trying to hit a higher squat but maybe we reflect on that and we're like oh wait i'm starting to up my weights and i'm starting to feel some pain in my low back okay we got to go backwards figure out why this is happening tweak some things maybe you know change our foot placement um work on some mobility or some depth things such like that and then we can go back and work on the weight thing so i think that goes hand in hand too with, um, when you're training for a half marathon or, you know, whether it be, you're trying to get your first pull up, whatever it is, sometimes we do have to go backwards before we can go forward. Yeah,
1: for sure. You never want to sacrifice the technique just to add five pounds or 10 pounds to the bar. And a lot of people do because it's like this ego thing, but you would rather add weight to the bar because you did the exercise properly Mm -hmm. and you actually built strength or you actually built muscle and that's why you're able to lift more weight and you're going to do that by making sure that every rep is mechanically sound and it doesn't have to be this like like five second up five second down thing like but we we want to make sure that the rep is clean that you're using the right muscle groups that If you're doing a squat, you're lifting the bar with your legs. If you're doing a pull-up, you're lifting yourself up with your lats and Mm -hmm. and you're effectively targeting those muscles because that's how you're gonna break down that muscle tissue, repair, grow back stronger, and actually build strength and facilitate new muscle growth in, in the specific muscle that you're trying to train.
0: All right. So we've touched a lot on why strength training is important and prevents injury and how we can incorporate strength training to make progress in the gym too.
1: Yeah. that's. Well, let's talk about some some ways that you can progressively overload. And I think the, the most common way that people think of getting stronger, building muscle is that need to lift more weight. And that is true. You, you do you do need to get stronger. If you are lifting hundred pounds in January, we don't want to be lifting hundred pounds in December of that year. So there has to be some sort of weight progression in order to build strength and facilitate some new muscle growth. Even if you're not looking to get super big and bulky, you do still need to try and overload. You don't want to be doing the same thing over and over again because yes, you're getting benefit from the exercise mm-hmm. health benefits, but you're not necessarily providing any stimulus on the muscle. And that's the whole goal with, with training of any kind is there has to be some sort of stimulus that the body is not used to in order to see some, some new growth. Yeah. You have to discomfort. Yes. It has to be, there has to be, there has to be discomfort. Yes, exactly. That's the perfect word. So no
0: pain, but discomfort. yeah, exactly. No pain.
1: Yes. Not necessarily like no pain, no gain type thing. You shouldn't necessarily be feeling actual like pain. You might feel like the muscles burning and it really hurts. Yeah. Or it was a really hard workout. It was painful, but not like, ah, sure. my back is killing me. I can't even like bend over or touch my toes or whatever. So yeah. weight is the, the most common way. Yes. You do need to lift heavier weights, but there's a lot of other ways that you can progressively overload mm-hmm. and you could be doing multiple things at once. It doesn't have to be like, okay, I'm only doing this way to overload and I'm only doing this way. It's just like tools in your toolbox. Like you can use these tools to provide new stimulus over time to just keep it interesting. And and keep things fun and just always making progress in some way, shape or form. So weight is the most common. Let's talk about some other ways that you can overload and just improve in the gym when you're strength training.
0: Yeah. One that I like to do is add in like drop sets or, um, add in extra sets. Yes. So when we do that, you know, my muscles just like get to that point of like fatigue and that pump. And I think that muscle fatigue is where we also build that growth and stimulant for the muscle.
1: Yeah. that's And how you're overloading with that is volume. You're incorporating more reps, more sets. So say you were doing three sets of 10 reps on most of your exercises. Mm -hmm. And the next time you did another set, you did a fourth set, that's adding a lot of sets. So you're doing eight exercises throughout your workout. That's adding an additional eight sets throughout your workout. So that's a good way that you can overload. Obviously there's a ceiling to that. You can't add a set each week and get up to doing like 15 sets on each exercise. You're going to be in the gym day. forever <laughs> and that's way too much. So, but that's a good way that you can overload. Um, and these things don't have to be week to week. Like it can be just uh, something that you're adding. Okay. From week to week, I'm trying to add weights. I've been doing this program. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I'm just going to manipulate a couple things like you were saying maybe i'm going to add a drop set in on mm-hmm. this certain exercise or i'm going to add another set so i was doing three i'm going to do four those little subtle changes are are ways that we can create stimulus that provide that overload we don't have to reinvent the wheel and be like okay i'm doing this program it's been four weeks i'm going to completely do a different program mm-hmm. that's that's not what we need to, that's not muscle confusion so we definitely can use these techniques as tools in our toolbox What yeah. are some other, other techniques that you can think of
0: um, pause reps. Yes. So Those I are spicy. I really like this on like lower body stuff specifically, just cause like, you know, it's a good way to put some extra, you know, activation on the muscles as far as like a hip thrust. You know, when we pause at the top of the rep, we're really, really squeezing the glutes and activating oh, yeah. the glutes, and we're getting that mind to muscle connection too, yeah. which I think sometimes that that people don't realize is part of the workout. Yeah. So mind to muscle connection is when we're doing a hip thrust and we're squeezing the glutes at the top, that means we're working the glute muscles. Now if we just go through the motions and try to hurry up and get it over with sometimes we start feeling those in like different areas because we're, we're just trying to get it over with and swinging the weight around. And I think that's a big part of the puzzle too is like if I'm aware, okay, I'm doing a hip thrust. Okay, I'm doing a squat, a lat pull down. What muscles am I working during this exercise so that I'm totally aware of, okay, when I'm doing this lat pull down, I need to get a good squeeze at the bottom of, of the pole and hold and fire those lats and then come back up. So yeah. I think it just, the pause reps are awesome because they create that great mind and muscle connection and being more aware of what muscle you are working is going to add stimulus onto that exercise. as yeah,
1: well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're not going to be able to use as much weight and that's perfectly fine because it's a different stimulus. So like it really does make you check your ego, but it all comes back to just, like you said, activating the right muscle. If you're activating your lats on a lat pull down and they're hurting like crazy because you're pausing on each rep and you're actually using your lats, but you had to reduce the weight. That's still fine. Oh, it's mm-hmm. still a progression that your body's going to be like, what is going on? And it's going to, yeah. it's going to recover. It's going to build back strength and it's going to be ready for it next time. So yeah. that is a huge way that you can, you can overload and adds a challenge to your workout because if you're just cranking through your reps and you're doing 10 reps with as much weight as you can, you're not feeling the muscle work more than likely you're not, breaking the muscle tissue down enough to actually build back stronger. And there's actually studies that show that you can increase tension in a muscle just by thinking about Mm -hmm. it. You mentioned that mind muscle connection. So I love that. So say you're doing a leg extension and you're coming up nice and slow. You pause at the top, come down nice and slow and you're focused on just using your quad. You're going to get so much more activation out of that and you're going to see better progress from that. So use that as again, another tool in your toolbox. Not every single rep has to be a pause rep in your program but it is a really good tool to add that okay maybe i'm i'm stuck on my squat i'm, I'm not building mm-hmm. strength in my squat i've been where the same place where i've been for the last couple of weeks if you add a pause in the bottom of that squat completely take up momentum your legs are going to be firing like crazy your hips are going to be firing like crazy and it's going to get you more comfortable in the bottom of that squat and mm-hmm. when you start to load more weight back up it's going to help you make that that next progression so it's a huge another tool
0: yeah i also really like um when we when you're working out with somebody like for you I'll be like okay I just can't get my mind to connect with this muscle like something's not firing here and if you just like touch that area so like you know let's say we're doing like a face pull and and the rear delts aren't wanting to fire um if you just have somebody touch that area too it kind of like creates that mind to muscle connection a little bit better too even in the leg extension you said like squeezing at the top if you just kind of hold your hands there like
1: yeah come okay. on guys These wake up mu- <laughs> this is the muscle i'm trying to activate yeah yeah i like yep.
0: that tool too it's, it's it seems crazy but it's it's so the mind the mind is a powerful thing
1: yeah for sure so those are a couple tools that you can use you can incorporate things like supersets too as well um we talked about drop sets pause reps, one and a half reps, eccentric reps. There's all these different tools that you can really use in your your training, but the name of the game is really overload. At the end of the day, all we're trying to do is we're trying to come into our workouts or come into a run or whatever the workout is for the day and try and do just a little bit more than we did last time. Or we're going to do this exercise, but we're going to do it a little more clean form than last time and just get 1% better. If you can try and focus on just getting 1% better, just one day at a time, one week at a time, one month at a time, that's where you're going to make that progress. It's not just this, Hey, last time I did a hundred pounds on bench press. I'm gonna try 150 today. Like you're going to get hurt. You're not going to make progress doing that. It's, it's too big of a progression from mm-hmm. week to week. You need to focus on those little micro progressions. And if you could be patient with that, that's going to add up over time and you're going to see better progress by doing so.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I love that you can switch that up too, because it doesn't, it's, it's psychological. We kind of talked about that too. Like it, it can get so boring to go into the gym and be like three sets of 10, yeah, three sets of 12, whatever it is. But the second that you're like throwing that drop set, you're like, Oh my gosh, like this is really getting my heart rate up and it's yeah. really pushing me outside my comfort zone. And I think that's the key too, is like, we have to push ourselves outside that comfort zone. Um, just like anything in life, you're never going to grow, whether that means physically, mentally, you know, you're never going to grow until you push yourself outside and past that comfort yeah, zone.
1: For sure. And that's a huge thing, too. Like with this hybrid style of workouts, when you're running and lifting, you talked about the psychological aspect, too. If you're just lifting seven days a week, which you shouldn't be, you, sh- you should be taking a rest day. Hey, we've been there. <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. I, I promise you, take a rest day, your mind, your body, you're going to be able to take one step back and be able to take three steps forward. It's, mm-hmm. it's that type of, of deal. So take your rest day one day of the week, you can still be active with it. So like yeah. on a rest day, like we're going to go to, the the, zoo. yeah, we're going to go to the zoo this weekend. We'll get a bunch of steps in or we'll play with the kids outside. You can still move. Doesn't mean you have to be a couch potato, but yeah, take a rest day. That's huge. But back to my point of, if you're doing only running or you're only lifting or you're only cycling, you're only doing yoga or swimming or whatever it is, by blending two different aspects. So for us, it's running and lifting. Mm-hmm. It allows you to always be excited for that workout to where if it gets to be the same thing over and over again, it's just monotonous and oh, just another strength training workouts. Are you really being intense with that workout enough to like actually see progress and you're putting good effort into it versus if like right now in our program, we're lifting for and we're running for. So there's a couple days where we lift and run in the same day, but we're always excited for that run And we're always excited for that day of lifting because there's some days where our legs are trashed or they're heavy and they're from all the running volume that we're doing. And it's like, this is a good time to do a strength training session where if I went for a run today, would it be that productive or same thing vice versa? If you're only lifting and you're like, man, everything in my body is sore. What can I train? It's like, okay, well, this is a good day where you can go for a nice, easy aerobic run. It's going to be productive. It's going to get some blood flow to the leg. It's going to help you recover. And it's going to help you just always be mentally stimulated. So as runners, you should lift to not only improve your body composition and building muscle, building strength, avoiding injury, but you should also run from a longevity aspect to as well, because you don't want to get so burnt out on what you're doing that you hate it. You despise it and you never want to do it again. So by being more balanced and blending strength training and running, it's going to help you from a psychological standpoint, just. Be excited for that workout and really be excited for the the next run or whatever it is that you're doing in your program.
0: Yeah, like for instance, today I was really excited to jump into a interval training session because yesterday was solely focused on upper body strength. So my upper body sore from that workout, and then today it was like, all right, I'm ready to run. Finish the run, and I said, "Holy shit, I'm." Done running. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to lift. Yeah, I'm ready to lift tomorrow. Yeah, so, for sure, it does
1: help. You know,
0: help. It, it's definitely a good a good balance. I think where we're at. Um, so, like you said, you know, if you're doing the same thing every day, whether it's just swimming or just biking or just running, you know, that that does get what's the word monotonous.
1: Monotonous. Yeah. Monotonous. Repetitive. It, it yeah. gets
0: repetitive. Um, and I think when we get in that comfortable phase of life i think that's where we stop seeing results mm-hmm. when we just get comfortable and start coasting we're we're not going to see as much of that the results that we're looking for and yeah. then it becomes for frustration and so many other things mental you know mm-hmm. struggles so i think you know just finding that good balance like pick three things that you like pick whether it's you know running and and yoga and Weightlifting, you know, those all three go really well together. Yeah,
1: in your program, those yeah. will balance each other out. Yeah. Well. Yeah,
0: really well. And so, and make sure you're obviously obvious things, hydrating, eating healthy, and all of that will work its way.
1: Yeah, out. for sure. Yeah, the, the goal is not to do one thing for a couple of years, get really good at it, and then get so sick of it that you completely give it up. Like that would be such a waste. Think of if you ran for like five years five or six days a week you made all this progress you have a really efficient engine and you're a great runner and you're like i'm so sick of running i'm gonna hang it up think of all the mileage that you went through and maybe if you blended strength training a little bit more you wouldn't be as sick of it or vice versa you lifted for all these years you got super strong and you're like man I'm tired of this lifting thing. You, you want longevity with fitness. Yeah. So if you balance it out, it's really going to help with that longevity aspect, not just from a physical standpoint, but also from a psychological standpoint.
0: Yeah. And that looks different for everyone too. Like I said, it, it doesn't have to be running. It could be biking. Yes. It, it could be swimming, yep. anything that works for you and, and what you enjoy doing. Yeah, so you sure. can sit down and think about, you know, maybe it's three things, maybe it's two things that you enjoy doing and, and come up with a program that balances out, where you can look forward to doing each one of those things every, every week.
1: Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about our program that we're currently doing right now, how we're blending strength training and running and kind of give more context to the things that we're doing and why we're specifically doing it in this half marathon prep. So I'll let you dive into that and kind of talk about what our weekly structure looks like for lifting and, and more specifically the lifting. And, and we can talk about the running too, as well.
0: Yeah, so we've kind of chatted about this before. Um, Not a whole lot has changed um, as far as being in this half marathon prep. Uh, So we start with a push-pull, and then we do an upper body strength training day, and then we have one lower body day. Yeah. So I think when we chatted before, we were like, I was up in the air of like, can I do two leg days and, and run with it? Um, I think where that stands is I'm good with the one leg day right now. I feel like, um, my legs are pretty shot by the time we run through that, you know, 20 miles a week or whatever it is that we're yeah. running right now. And that continues to increase 10% each week. Yeah. So I think we've found a really good balance between our weightlifting and cardio, both um, getting four sessions in a week of strength training mm-hmm. and then. Four running days in as well.
1: Yeah. I think everybody's everybody's different as far as how much they're going to be able to tolerate and that's going to depend on their life, their responsibilities, their stress, their ability to recover, the amount of time that they've been training at that certain aspect. But yeah, we're training we're strength training 4 days a week right now, which is a lot lower than we've ever really done. Typically yeah. we're like 6 or 7 days a week strength training. But it does help the recovery aspect. We are doing like you mentioned one day of lower body strength. We tossed around the idea of two for right now, one is enough, but that's really up to the person, you know, say that they're, so like for us right now, we're in a half marathon prep. That's our our main goal. Say that maybe we're not in like a structured prep. We're just kind of blending, running and lifting and Hey, I want to build strength in this part of my legs. Maybe that's when you have two strength days for your Mm -hmm. legs. When it's not as structured, maybe there's not as much mileage, but it really is, you know, a blank canvas that you can kind of create. Right now we're doing, like you mentioned, we're doing a pull day with an aerobic run. The next day is a push day with an aerobic run. The next day is a long run, so no strength training. Then we do a full upper body day again. So we come back and hit everything again. So the upper body is getting hit twice a week. Every muscle group is getting twice a week, which is good frequency to build strength and build muscle. That's a huge key too. That if you have a certain muscle group that you're like, hey, I wanna build muscle in this group, or I wanna get stronger in this muscle group, or this exercise, do it more frequently. So increase it from instead of doing bench press once a week, you do bench press twice a week if you're trying to get a stronger bench. Or mm-hmm. if you're trying to get bigger glutes, you're gonna do glutes twice a week instead of once a week. That really helps. Yeah. So, and then we come back Thursday is another running day where it's just a track workout or a higher speed higher threshold workout and then Friday is the day that we hit the legs completely mm-hmm. strength no running whatsoever and then Saturday is a full day of rest so that's currently how we're structuring our program it's mm-hmm. working very well in this half marathon prep and allows us to still strength train at higher intensities and still get the running volume that we need to facilitate the progress that we want and blend both of those together and that's that's the key is it is hard to structure like How am I going to do this? And you can kind of structure it throughout your day, depending on or throughout your week. Sorry, where maybe, you know, okay, I have more freedom here on this day. So for us in our schedule, it's like we can plan this out, block it off for a longer runs so that we can go run together. And that's how you really start to craft the program is what are my goals? What do I need to do? But also like, what does my time look like throughout the week? Where are days that I can train?
0: Yeah.
1: Maybe there's a day that's like, I don't know how I'm going to train on this day. Okay. Maybe that's a rest day, depending on what day it is. Just don't stress about it and you can take a day of rest and, and that's going to actually help your body and help your recovery.
0: Yeah. So also like you were saying, as far as strength training goes, you're not just putting that on the back burner. So I still have goals in my strength training while we are in this prep. Mm-hmm. Like right now, my upper body goal is to get better with my pull-ups. Cause I know that Murph's going to be coming around here soon and I got to get ready for those pull-ups. Um, and I think I took a step back on those for a while. Um, because we did so many of them last year during Murph that I like Kind of took a step back and now I'm ready to take that leap forward again. And so my focus has been working on those pull ups. And then the other focus has been lower body has been to try to build some strength in my quads. I know that you have goals too. So let's hear what goals you have still with yeah. your strength training.
1: Yeah. I, I, so even though we're training for an endurance race, I still love strength training. That's mm-hmm. like I, I love lifting weights, I love lifting heavy weights and getting stronger and focus on building muscles. So Right now, I am trying to just, all the different compound movements that I'm doing, I'm trying to get stronger at them. So Mm -hmm. that's another key aspect that if you're running a lifting, don't take out those compound movements, those lunges, squats, pull-ups, bench press, overhead press, those big, good compound movements that are going to activate a lot of muscle groups. So most of my workouts, the very beginning of the workout, there's always some sort of compound movement that I'm trying to progress and get stronger at. So that's my main goal right now. Um, Like you mentioned, we are also going to be doing a full hat or uh, like you mentioned, we're also going to be doing a full Murph series, Murph prep too, as well. So working on pull-ups, getting stronger with those. Mm -hmm. Um, I also want to make sure that I'm maintaining leg strength, especially because when we're running, we are, yes, we're, we're working our legs, but it's in a different capacity. It's more like endurance. Yes. We're working different muscle fibers than you are when you're doing strength training. So that is a huge benefit to strength training is you're actually going to build stronger legs, not just build endurance in your legs. You're actually going to build strength in your quads, your hamstrings, your glutes, your calves, your hips. And that's going to really help support your running and help you become a better runner and give you power. Yes. Give you power. Exactly. really have a lot of power and strength in those legs. So that's kind of what I'm working on with my strength training right now. Um, I am still hitting all those big compound movements. So, actually front squatting right now again which is something I added back in the program which is is great i always love front squats i feel like it's a little more natural of a movement for me and yeah just really enjoying the strength training and still trying to like you mentioned it's not like it's on the back burner it's still mm. okay we got we got a strength workout today like we're gonna get after that we're not taking that light we're not taking it easy we're still trying to build strength and build muscle and we're trying to challenge that concept that you can that you can't run And build strength and build muscle in the same program you definitely can you just have to be structured with it you just have to always focus on that that progression like we talked about there always has to be some sort of of stimulus that you're placing on the body that is just a little bit more than it's used to and you just constantly giving your body that nudge
0: yeah i think too when we are only doing the four days of strength training and we're used to doing six days i think Like it really gives me that like fire inside me to be like, okay, this is like one of three days of strength training. So I really got to like show up for this. I really got to give this my all yeah, because, you know, I, I can. Yeah. And, um, there is some days where like maybe my legs are heavy and, and that leg workout, you know, it, it doesn't feel like I can push myself as hard as I want to. But then that's when we turn back to, okay, did I properly refuel after my runs, after my workouts? So there's all these different factors that go into that. But I, I do think, like we talked about too, like psychologically, it's just, it's just a good challenge too of like, okay, or a good change. That I'm like, okay, I, I get to jump into this workout knowing that this is my only lower body day of the week. So I really got to like... Give it my all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think also we've lifted and strength trained six to seven days a week for years. Mm-hmm. So I think that does allow us to have a little bit higher capacity on that aspect. Yeah. True. To where maybe you've run more for years and maybe you can run a little bit more, but the strength training is the aspect that is hard for you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's going to have different backgrounds, but for us, we've lifted six, seven days a week for years and years yeah. and years. And that's kind of our base. But like you said, it does make it so like, Hey, Friday's our leg day. If I don't bust my ass, I don't get to hit legs until next Friday again. Like I have, I have a whole week to be like you wussed out on this and you took too much rest or Mm -hmm. you didn't grab the extra weight that you were supposed to. And then you got to think about that all week and you're like, man, I feel bad about that effort. So it makes you make sure that you're giving good effort because every strength day is, is 25% of the program of your strength training. So yep. if you slack, it's like, I just slacked a quarter of my strength training, which over time is going to, is going to add up and, and lead to losing strength and muscle. So yeah, it does. It does place a little more like sense of urgency emphasis on the strength days. And then same thing with the running. It's like, I got to make this count because there's also a deadline. Like, yeah, I have this goal of, of, so my goal is running sub one thirty five, which is a seven fifteen average minute per mile pace. And I know that I got to put every run in and I got to give good effort every run and I got to hit my paces and, and I have to focus on hitting every single workout consistently if I want to achieve that goal. So it yeah. gives that like that emphasis on each workout makes each workout really feel important.
0: Yeah. I think having a goal is, is a huge thing too. I know we've talked about this before and this is something I touch on a lot with my clients is okay. You know, yeah, we all want to lose weight. We all want to get bigger, stronger muscles, this and that. But find a goal that's like not related to how you look yes. or, you know, that's less of the physical aspect. And it's more of like the performance. Yeah. I think that has changed my life truly.
1: hundred percent agree.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and I can feel it like it almost feels like that weight off your shoulders to, take your strength training and focus on like performance opposed to like the physical aspect. Yeah, obviously we don't want to be overweight and we don't want to be unhealthy and we want to eat healthy and fuel our body properly and still focus on those things, which we do, but finding that balance of, okay, you know, I'm still eating healthy, this and that, but what are my goals as far as in the gym that's going to make me excited, make me itch to get into the gym and do this you know, workout. Yeah. So I think having this half marathon as our goal, you know, having the Murph to look forward to saying, okay, I want to get better in my pull-ups. I want to get better in my squats. I want to get better in my like grow strength in my legs, whatever it is, we're, we're focusing on those specific goals opposed to the scale. Yeah. Throw it away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and just use it as a tool. Like I, I do agree that training for performance does help, the psychological component of exercise and fitness because you, me, I've struggled with, with body dysmorphia for years, you know, you look in the mirror and you tell yourself that like, Oh, you need to improve here or you need to be bigger here or, you're not good enough because you don't look the way that you want to look. And which
0: is false,
1: which is false. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's such a trap to fall into. And social media is also very present in our day-to-day lives where it's like, you see people posting pictures and they're training for a competition. So they're dialed in, they're shredded, but they don't look like that all year round. Like that's not, or they're
0: dying. Yeah. Or they're, they're
1: (laughs) not healthy. Exactly. So
0: they need to get their blood work checked. (laughs) Yes.
1: When you train for performance and you properly fuel your body, you treat it with respect by giving it the amount of food that it needs to, to give good effort, to make progress, to consistently come in the gym and work hard. And you balance your workout with strength training, conditioning, your mobility aspects. It really does just give you more fulfillment from your workouts. And I think it does give you a more broad spectrum, bigger picture of like, this is what it's all about. It's not about, I'm only solely working out so that I can look good. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's very vain. It's, it's, we all want to look good. We all want to feel comfortable in our, in, in our own skin. And we want to see progress and and see our, our body change from the hard work that we put in the gym. But that can't be the only goal. You have to have other goals. Otherwise you will not stick with it long-term or you're not going to be happy. You're not going to get fulfillment from your workouts. You're not going to enjoy that process. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest mistakes that I can, that I see people make that, If you're listening, I I want you to try and reframe your mindset around stop thinking about I'm going to be happy when I lose this weight or I'm going to be happy when I'm jacked and big and shredded. No, you need to be happy right now and you need to start learning to fall in love with your workouts and enjoy that process because the gift is not the end result of being shredded or being skinny or whatever your goal is the gift is being able to come into the gym or go for a run or have your health be healthy enough to to participate in those things so move well yes reframe your mindset and and you're going to just see better progress because you're going to be getting fulfillment from those workouts and you're going to be more willing to put effort into those workouts
0: yeah that's a rant that i could just oh i could (laughs) yeah
1: and rant i i could go on that all day long because it's so it hits so close um, it hits so close to home for me to where I've struggled with that for years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been on the competitor side and who knows someday if I ever do go back to that, but, um, I will say there's nothing against that, but I do think it's important to do like a mental check. Okay. Why am I doing this? Yes. Am I in a healthy spot to do this? Are my hormones okay before I jump into this? So there's so much more that goes into something like that it's such a mental um a mental part of fitness yeah so no
1: you have to be you have to be willing and able and ready to partake in a fitness goal not just physically but also mentally it's a huge huge aspect so by by running and strength training and doing your mobility work and it doesn't have to be running too like obviously we talk about running because that's what we're doing yeah any sort of cardiovascular exercise is going to improve your overall health. It's going to improve your performance and it's just going to leave you feeling more well-rounded and better balanced yeah. versus just being really good at one thing. It's not very balanced. It's very, very specifically focused. And if unless you're like a professional athlete or competing in a certain sport or a certain aspect of fitness, I really encourage you to, to try and yeah branch out, try new things, and see if you like it, you might, it might become something that you love. I never would have thought that I would love running as much as I do. I, you know, I've always loved like sprinting and doing really hard workouts like that. But if you told me that I would enjoy running, I would have said you're crazy. So if we didn't try it, we never would have known that this is something that we could have so much passion and enjoyment and fulfillment from.
0: Yeah. And the last thing I want to say too, is I think that the endorphins that we release or that we get from a run are so different from those that we get from strength training. Yes. And I I feel so different after each of
1: them. So, yes. like, after
0: a run, I'm, like, I'm almost, like, energetic. Yeah. Like, I'm ready to, to and talk. And then an hour goes
1: by, <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, I'm, my body, what happened? <laughs>
0: yes. And then after a strength training session, I just feel – like, good, and I feel like my muscles are pumped, and like there's so many different um endorphins from from each, and I, yeah. I think that that's also important is is getting that effect from both, yeah, and, and feeling good both ways. yeah,
1: i'll I'll go on a run and I'll be <laughs> I'll go on a run and I'll be like, okay, like, Alyssa, this is what we're going to do with like business. And like, this is, I, I know what we're going to do. Like, this is a great idea. Like I have yes. the, the craziest idea. This is, this is how this is going to happen. And then, and then you're like, and then you're like, what the heck? Like an hour later, you're like my body's just destroyed my, I was on cloud nine there. Yeah. But then at, like you said, after a lifting session, you're like, you feel good. Your body obviously feels tired, but it's a very different tire. Yeah. Um, and it's like, uh, I feel good about, I was able to go up on this exercise mm-hmm. and this weight, or I was able to do confidence. one more pull up. Yeah. It builds like a different sort of confidence. So I love blending both. Mm-hmm. I know you love blending both. We, we love working out together and, and really sharing our passion for fitness and, and health together. And I, the last thing I want to say is just, like I, I said, I want to reiterate this branch out and try new things. And if you are a runner and you've never gotten to the gym and strength train, I encourage you to just try it and see if you like it. And even if you hate it, try and find some aspect because it will help you improve as a runner and vice versa. If you are a dude, I'm going to call it the dudes on this one (laughs) that only strength trains, try and get some sort of cardio in. It doesn't have to be running. That's what I love. That's what you love, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be specifically running. It can be anything, but just try it and find out what you like because you may surprise yourself and you may realize that this is awesome. I love this. And this is something that I'm going to do a lot and, and spend a lot of time doing it and get a lot of fulfillment from it. So try and branch out. And if you hate it, just move on to the next thing.
0: Yeah. Well, endurance is also going to help you with your strength training. So exactly. You'll, yes. you'll find that the strength training side gets a little bit easier yeah. too. And your rest periods There's are a
1: huge benefit to, to both. Not only. Yeah. yeah from being well-rounded, <laughs> but also physically as well. So
0: yeah, I think yeah. this was a great topic.
1: It is. Yes. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode today. This is episode four in our half marathon prep series. So we're moving right along. We are going to be doing this. Like I said, we have a 12-week prep. So if you guys enjoyed the video, I hope, uh, hope that you found something helpful. And uh, we will see you guys in the next episode.